have Trish come up real quick. Let me do the prayer, and then Trish, you come on up here. Lift up your Bibles this morning. You're going, where's this Bible? Okay, it's my iPad, and I don't know where it is. I'll find it. Leave me alone, okay? Or repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys sound great. Here you go. There you go. I always say, this is my cell phone. Some of the words in it are true. I can do most of what it says I can do if I'm in the Bible app. So I change it up a little bit. I just wanted to tag on to what has been said, and I've, I feel like God really wants to get a point across to us, not, not just for backpack, not just for one time a year or a couple times a year when we have like a Thanksgiving, Christmas outreach. Um, and I wanted to read this quote that is attributed to uh, Edward Hale. It says, I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do that which I can do. And that is what the Lord was kind of speaking to my heart, like over, uh, you know, yesterday and just kind of getting up. I am not a morning person. I have to have 10 cups of coffee and it has to be past 10 o'clock and then I might be able to get my blood pumping. But, you know, when it comes to something like that, you wake up and you're excited and it is like a Christmas morning kind of thing. But here's what the Lord was speaking to my heart about that was like, think of how excited you are now. Think about how you're getting up early to go and do something, it's way outside your character, it's way outside what you do, what if you could do that every day? And, you know, I thought, well, God, it's so overwhelming, all the things we see on the news, all the, th- the causes, all the purposes, I-, I get overwhelmed with everything that needs to be done in the world. But I just looked at it, I was going, God, I'm just one person. But here's what the Lord was telling me. He said, you know what, I just want you to reach that one which one? The one that's right in front of you. Amen. What if I miss him? You won't miss him if you ask me in the morning, God, who are you sending me today? So if you're at school, if you're at your workplace, if you're at the grocery store, ask God, who's that one person? That one person that needs a ray of hope, that one person. And then there's a scripture in Isaiah. It says, then I heard the Lord saying, whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us. Then I said, here am I, send me. And I think that's one of those things that we can say. We may not know where God's going to send us. It might be at our own home, in our own backyard, at our school, at our office buildings. It might be just on the street. But we've just got to ask the Lord, Lord, who will you send to me today? And when God says, who will go, you just raise your hand and say, I don't know where I'm going, but here I am Set every day of our lives. And then let's see what God will do in the lives of your families, in the lives of our community, and how he will change this whole area for, and draw people to himself. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you, Trish. Good job. Well, I'm going to go against my better judgment right now. Dad, do you have anything you'd like to share this morning? What did you say? 
always, I would have you and Dennis sing. Y'all go out in the pasture out here and just go ahead and let everybody have it. Guys, I, I want to tell you, I love Backpack Day, but I love what it represents for us every day. And, and I know those of you that were here, I know some of you couldn't be and listen. I know uh, the high slips were down in Florida winning the national championship baseball game yesterday for y'all's league. Good job. What age group was that, by the way? Eight years old, national champions. That's incredible. And so, and I had some other people come in that were serving and running the rodeo and different folks around the country. Listen, when, when we can't, we know we all want to be at these events and we want you to be here, but the most important thing is that when you, even when you're not here is you're out doing this. You're sharing the love of God where you are. That's what God calls us to, amen? All right, well, turn to your neighbor and say, this message is for you today. Turn to your second choice and say, please listen. Go ahead, say that. Please, please listen. Oh, I, I love to cause trouble. It's in my DNA. All right, Hebrews 12, verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us and trips us up, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Here's the visual image. The writer of Hebrews tells us this, guys, is that our life, each one of us is running our race, and it's the truth. Every one of us has a plan. God has given each of us a plan. He's given each of us a race to run, and we are gonna run that race. But imagine a huge cloud of witnesses, all these people in this, this great stadium watching you run your race and cheering you on. And the thought expands to what about all the people of faith, all these great heroes of faith that are up in the stands and they're watching us. I can see my grandparents and others that are just yelling and cheering us on and they're looking out and saying, you can do it, you can do it. And imagine if while you're taking one lap, Brandon, one lap, a Bible hero, a Bible character could come out and go a lap with you. Imagine that. We've talked about Samson and Rahab and Elijah or Elisha or whoever it was I made up. You know, but, but we've got these amazing people that would come out of the stands and take a lap with us. So today we're going to have one of my personal favorite heroes, Joshua, that's going to take a lap with us today. So just imagine Joshua. Now Joshua's an amazing guy because he served underneath Moses for over 40 years. Moses is recognized as one of the greatest leaders in history. And Joshua came up underneath and for 40 plus years served under Moses and he learned from Moses but then one day Moses died and, and I want you to imagine in, in that moment Moses dies and God speaks to Joshua and says okay Joshua it's your time it's your turn. Now, this is not a small thing because at this point, remember, a whole generation had to die off, right? And so that generation died off. But at this time, biblical historians estimate there were 2 million Hebrews that were in this crowd of people. Imagine 2 million people and one morning you're out praying and Moses is dead and God speaks to you and said, now you're in charge. And you're going to take this two million people and you're going to lead them into the promised land. What I told Moses to do, I'm now passing that baton to you. That is a huge responsibility. I cannot imagine the pressure. When I think about that kind of pressure, how many married? How many of you married? Can I see the guy's hands married? I don't know about you, but I remember getting married, Aaron, and going, I don't know what to do. Right? It's like, I don't, know, I, I don't know what to do. And so I'm trying to figure out how to be married, right, and try to ha how to be a husband. And then eight weeks later, Trish goes, guess what? We're pregnant. I don't know what to do. 
right? I haven't got this married thing squared away, and all of a sudden there's this baby thing, and I'm going, I don't know what to do. And I can only imagine being Joshua's situation, two million people. Here's the thing about two million different people, two million different expectations. Every leader in the room knows what I'm talking about. How do you lead that many people that have that many different perceptions and perspectives of what they want to do in life. And so, guys, that's Joshua. He's the one that God chose to follow Moses. So let's jump right into this. And I think this is what Joshua would say. He would come out of the stands and he would walk up to you and this is the first thing he would say. Here's our big thought for the day. When you're feeling overwhelmed with life, you can trust God's plan. When you're feeling overwhelmed with life, you can trust God's plan. So, Joshua chapter one, we're just gonna jump in. I'm gonna skip around a little bit on this, Miss Becky. Now, it came after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, and Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant's dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan River, and that's into the promised land, you and all this people to the land which I am giving them to the sons of Israel. Now, listen to these promises. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I've given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea, towards the setting of the sun will be your territory. Verse 5, pay attention, guys. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. I'll never leave you, God says. Be strong and courageous. Notice, this is the first time he says this. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse seven, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to it from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Be careful, he says, be careful to do everything according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Verse nine, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let me ask you a question. Why would God tell Joshua three times, do not be afraid, be strong and courageous? Anybody? He was scared. That's exactly right. He's saying, be strong and courageous. Be strong. I'm going to be with you. you can, everywhere you go, be strong and courageous. Joshua's going, I don't know what to do. Newsflash. God is going to put you in, pos- in positions, guys, where you don't know if you can handle it. And can I tell you, he does that on purpose. He puts you in situations, he promotes you into situations that are beyond your ability because they stretch you, Rob, and they force you to rely on him. Because if you can handle it, you're gonna get in trouble. And that's where pride comes in. That's where pride comes in, guys. And God doesn't want us to be proud. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so Joshua, I can imagine Joshua's going, Lord, I don't know that I can do this. And the Lord's given him exactly what he needs. Be strong and courageous because I am with you. I am with you. And he says that three times. That's in your notes. Be strong and courageous. Listen to Joshua's words of encouragement for you today, guys. Here's what he would say to you. Honor the past. Look at number one on your notes. Honor the past 
but move towards the future. Honor the past, but move towards the future. My parents were over last night, and we were talking about things that happen in churches and even businesses, and one of the death nails of a business is when people will say to you, well, we tried that before, and it didn't work. Anybody ever heard that? We've done that before. And it didn't work. And, and you, you, you look back in the past and some of the things are good and bad, but sometimes we tend to live in yesterday. And I remember going out to my grandparents' house and they had indoor plumbing at this point, but they also had an outhouse. And I wanted to know how that worked. And so I remember as a young guy going out to the outhouse, my only thought being out in the outhouse, well, there was two thoughts. The first one was a snake's gonna bite me, right? The second one was a wasp is gonna sting me. Both of those things had to do with the part of my body that I did not want to be bit or stung. Okay, somebody? And I'm thinking, this is, if this is the good old days, I don't want them. Right? Because we've all heard that. Well, back in the good old days, come on. Sometimes the good old days weren't all that good. And I've said it a couple times in the last couple weeks, but you guys need to get this in your head. There's a reason your front windshield is bigger than your rear view mirror. Come on, somebody. That's a good amen spot. Let me hear it. Amen. All right. Because we need to use, Judd, we look at our rear view mirror to give us reference so we don't get into a wreck. We use those side mirrors so that we can change lanes, but it's because we're moving forward. And the windshield is bigger is because you need to be looking ahead. And so... You can imagine Joshua going, if only Moses was here. And you know all the people around Joshua are saying, well, that's not the way Moses would have done it. <laughs> right? Come on, somebody. Where are my leaders at? Right? Well, well, that's not the way. This is how they talk. This is not the way that Moses did it. And, and you know what? They're looking back. And you can't move forward that way. And so you honor the past. We need to look back and honor those that have built a foundation that we move on. We can't live in yesterday's backpack. We look at it and we remember it and we use it for reference for moving forward. But we have to move into the future. Honor the past, but move forward. Joshua 1, 7 through 8. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to the law all which I, I commanded Moses, my servant, to do. Remember what I told Moses, but use it for tomorrow. Remember yesterday but use it for tomorrow. So we have to honor the past and move towards the future. And I want you to know, guys, and this is something that I think you guys really need to get. And this is a, a big thought that I put here for myself. If you want to experience the overwhelming presence of God in your life, find out what God is passionate about and make that your passion. I'm gonna say that again. If you want to experience God's overwhelming presence in your life, find out what God is passionate about and make that your passion also. And I was thinking about this. Why is the backpack event for us? Because here, let me, let me give you a newsflash. There are some communities, this won't work. This doesn't work everywhere, and it's not supposed to. But it works here. It works for us. And we may not always do it, but it works for us. But why, why does it feel like the air is a little bit cooler yesterday, man? And why, why does it feel like, it's just almost like, remember a couple years ago when it rained all around us, but there wasn't any rain right here? And we're looking at it on the radar? Why does that happen? That's not to say that hard things can't happen here, but why does it seem like God's blessing this? Look at uh, James chapter 1, verse 27. Religion 
that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. The reason God blesses this event so much is because it's his heart. Widows and orphans. And a widow's not just a woman, is it? A widow can be a grandmother that's raising grandkids who I've met a number of yesterday. Grandparents raising grandkids. And, and we saw, somebody pointed out to me yesterday that we had a lot of dads here yesterday, maybe more than we've ever had, that were bringing these kids in. Here's a father with three or four kids that are coming in there. A widow can be anybody that's on their own. And when you're out there yesterday, and you're loving people that God wants to reach, those that are widowed, those that are orphaned, and you're just sharing the love of God, he is right in the big middle of that. And I want you to know in your own life, if you want God to be there, if you want to sense his presence, then do the things he loves. And he loves loving on people. The greatest attribute of our Father is that he loves people. And so get involved with what he's passionate about. Somebody say amen for me this morning. Amen. Look at number two on your notes. I love this one. You need to trust God's plan even when it doesn't make sense. You need to trust God's plan even when it doesn't make sense. We talked about this last week with Rahab. Go into a little more detail today. So Joshua says, all right, guys, this is what God said we're going to do. We're crossing. They get these two million people across the river. They walk for a few miles. What's the first thing they run into? Walls, Jericho, here's Jericho, 46 foot high walls, 13 feet deep. It's like, what? This is the promised land? By the way, just because God commands you to do something doesn't mean it's always gonna be easy. Sometimes you have to possess the land. That means you gotta fight for it. And so, that was good, somebody needed that. So, so they move in and all of a sudden there's this wall. So now there's this two million people looking at 46 foot walls and they're like, what are we gonna do? So Joshua does the smart thing. He said, I'm telling you what we're gonna do. We're gonna go pray about it. So Joshua goes and he prays. And we know this because the Lord speaks to him. So let me tell you, you can imagine, here's Joshua. Now Joshua's a general. Okay, he's a soldier. He was a special forces guy. He was one of the spies they sent over. He's been a soldier all this time. So here's Joshua's first big thing. This is his first big encounter that he's got to take care of. So he goes, he says, all right, God, Moses prayed. I'm going to pray. Tell me what we're going to do. God goes, okay, here's what we're going to do. You ready for this, Joshua? You bet. Now, Jericho was tightly shut up because of the sons of Israel. No one went out and no one came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, listen, here we go. See? I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and the valiant warriors. See? Now, if I'm Joshua, I would open the tent and go, walls are still there. Come on, somebody. Y'all get this in a minute. God goes, see? No. <laughs> Lord, you might want to check again. But this is the way God works. Spiritual principle for you here. God already sees the end. You don't see it yet. God says, hey, step out of here. Every place you go, you go. Every, foot, every place your foot steps, you're gonna win. But you have to step out there and do it. So when he's telling Joshua, hey, the walls are gonna come down, do you see it? He goes, then he goes, oh yeah, I see it. It hasn't happened yet, but it's gonna happen. Here's, here's the Christianese word. It's called faith. Faith is believing what you cannot see. And so Joshua had to have faith. 
He says, I've given Jericho into your hand with its king and its valiant warriors, and here's the plan. So Joshua goes, okay, God, I got it. How are we gonna do this? Because he's a soldier, so he's thinking, are we gonna storm the walls? Are we gonna build ladders? Are we gonna dig underneath the city walls? What are we gonna do? What is the plan, God? God goes, here's the plan. I mean, I don't know that he did it like that, but that's the way I'd have done it, okay? This is an angel talking, by the way. So he said, here's the plan. You shall march around the city and all the men of war circling the city once. You shall do this for six days. Also, seven priests carrying seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. Then on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall be that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall give a big shout and the wall of the city will fall down flat and all the people will go in, everyone straight ahead. And Josh was like, what? <laughs> this is the battle plan? The battle plan is not put an army here and send some soldiers there and dig up. You want us to march around the city. That's the battle plan. And now understand up front, it's just Joshua and this angel talking. And then he's thinking, I gotta go tell everybody this. <laughs> this is the plan. And so, he go, but, but notice what Joshua does. He goes, okay. Lord, you said the wall was gonna come down. And if this is the way you wanna do it, I saw what you did with Moses. You told me that every place my foot stepped, we would win. And you told me you would never fail me. You said that you were gonna be with me like you were with Moses. Okay. So then Joshua turns around and he brings all of his generals in. And you know they're pumped. This is the first battle. And he tells them this plan. And you know what they did? What? <laughs> you see a pattern? But notice they didn't buck it. They said, okay. But Joshua went and did something else that I think is very interesting. Look at verse 10. So the angel gives him this, but notice what Joshua does here, guys. This is genius. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. What's the next sentence? Do not say a word until the day that I tell you to shout. Why? Why do you think he said six days you're going to walk around, but you're not going to say anything? Why? Anybody have a thought? God didn't tell him to. That's a thought. Do what? Griping. The last generation, that was a good thought, Nick. The last generation had perished for what reason? Grumbling and complaining. Who lived through that? Joshua and Caleb. Joshua goes, I don't want that to happen again. So you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna take Thumper's advice. If we can't say something nice, Y'all remember that. That was really good. He, that's what happened. He watched Bambi. That No, he didn't watch Bambi. But, but here's what happened. That's literally what, that's, that's the rule. Now, the angel didn't say do that. That's wisdom. Joshua knew that the first lap they took, they'd be going, y'all know how y'all are. This is the dumbest thing I ever heard of in, the life, in my life. We're going to walk around this and we're going we're gonna to blow Trump. What? This is stupid. And pretty soon they'd be going, yeah, it's stupid. This is the dumbest thing. And the next thing you know, they would have been in a rebellion. And they would have died in the desert like the last generation. The power of life and death is in the tongue. 
And guys, you need to understand, grumbling and complaining is a big deal to God. And Joshua knew they weren't mature enough to be able to handle it yet, so he said, guys, just keep your mouth closed. Until I tell you to shout, keep your mouth closed. But you know what's awesome is they did. And some of you, I'm not being mean, some of you need to learn to shut your pie hole. Turn to your neighbor and say, shut your pie hole. Go ahead. I I said right now, Kristen, I saw that. You tell Andy. Go ahead, because Andy needs that. (laughs) I'm just saying, sometimes, now listen, I'm going to pass you for a second, okay? Well, I mean, I'm going to pass you a lot, but I'm going to pass you right now. Listen to me. Sometimes you don't need to say anything. Sometimes the best thing you can do is walk away and not speak. Amen? That's good preaching. High five. Okay, here we go, right? Here we go. Let's move on to the next thing. Hold on to God's promises. Why? Because he is faithful. Hold on to God's promises while he's faithful. Now notice the scripture that I'm gonna read here. Look at this, Joshua chapter 23, verse eight. Oh, by the way, I didn't finish the story. They did that, blew the trumpets, walls fell down, okay? Somebody's going, what happened? It worked, okay? It worked. So near the end of Joshua's life, and they'd done all these victories, and by the way, they also had some defeats. And there was things that happened that caused them to have defeats, and they had to learn from them. But Joshua made this comment to the children of Israel. Here's what he said, Joshua 23, verse eight. But you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. You've been trusting God. You need to keep trusting him. And here's the image I want you to think about. How many of you ever seen one of those life rings, like when you're at a swimming pool or out on a boat and you throw those rings? You need to cling to him like you cling to that. He is your lifeline. He is your life rope. You don't just hold on to God. You need to cling to him for your life. And that's the image that Joshua is giving to them. You don't need to just have kind of a relationship with God. You need to cling to him like your life depends on it because guess what? It does. And Joshua knew that. And he knew that they needed to hold on. They, he knew they needed to do that. And listen, when things, don't, when things get hard and things don't make sense, you have to hold on to God's promises. You have to cling to God's promises. And the, I go back to, just so y'all know, I go back to Joshua chapter one a lot. A lot. As a leader, I go back to Joshua chapter one a lot because I'm reminding myself of the promises that God has given me. And when, you, when you're clinging on to God, you've got to hold on to and cling on to his word and hold on to his word. And I, and I think so many times that's what Jesus did. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, he said, it is what? Written. It's written. And if Jesus quoted the word, guess what? We need to as well. We need to quote God's word and we need to cling to it because it truly is our lifeline. So what are some of the promises that Joshua held on to? I'm going to read just a few of them here. Joshua chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. I promised you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you'll be on land that I've given you. Verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. Look at the next sentence, and I think it's a beautiful statement. I will not fail you or abandon you. I will not fail you, and I will not abandon you. 
How many of you ever been in a fight? Can I see your hands? Come on, where are my fighters at? Some of y'all are like, I'm a lover, not a fighter. But I mean, some of y'all. But have you ever been with some of your buddies? You look around, hey, let's get these guys. You turn around, you're all by yourself. <laughs> God's never gonna do that to you. He will never, ever leave you. I will not fail you, and I will not abandon you. For you're the one who will lead these people to possess the land that I swore to them. Now listen to this. Study this book of instruction. In other words, study your Bible continually. Meditate on it day and night. Why? So that you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. I'm going to give you the key to success in life right here. Then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. Follow God's word. What does the word say? Listen, you can never go wrong, Aaron. You can never go wrong if you do what God says. That doesn't mean it's gonna be easy. What do I mean? Forgiving the people that have harmed you. Forgiving people that have hurt you. But the word says to do that. Then you do that. You know, using God's wisdom, obeying his commandments is something that is not always easy to do. But if you do it, there's life that is found in that. There's always life. Read God's word and do what it says. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Jesus said it this way. Obey my word. And when you obey my word, you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And guys, how many of you want to be successful in life? Can I see your hands? We, we all do, right? I just gave you the key. What does God say? Do that. I'm going to give you the last point, and it's my favorite, and then we're going to close. Come on up, Wes. You ready? Set a standard for yourself, your family, your friends, and your community. Set a standard. Joshua did that, and I'm going to show you what he did. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, this is one of the last times he talked to the people. He was getting ready to die. He was getting ready to die after living this amazing life, had brought the people into the promised land. And he knew his time was almost over with. And I wanna tell you something. When people are getting ready to go home to be with the Lord, listen to what they say. Joshua's like, all right, God, what can I give them? Listen to what he said. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, he's talking to the children of Israel, then choose for yourselves whom this day you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we're gonna serve the Lord. But as for me and my household... We're gonna serve the Lord. That is an incredibly powerful statement. Says, so look, you guys can go do what you wanna do, but you know what? As for me and my house, we're gonna serve God. When I think yesterday of that event, and these guys and these guys, this next generation that's coming up, we're setting a standard and saying, guys, this is how we're gonna live. Listen. I can't control what goes on in Washington. I can't even control what goes on in Little Rock. I can't control what goes on in Ash Flat. But as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. And guess what, friends? When you and I begin to do that, when we all take a stand and say, we're gonna serve the Lord, we're gonna serve the Lord too, and we begin to lock arms as a community of faith, 
then God's love begins to well up inside of us and the community changes. That's how change happens. That's how hearts get touched and God begins to move. That's how it happens. When you and I say, we're not gonna look, I'm not gonna gripe at them. I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna take care of our business. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. And here's what the people said. When Joshua took a stand, here's what the people said. Verse 24, we will serve, and the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord God and obey him. Nathan, when you take a stand, people watch, bub. They watch. Guys, our community's watching. Your friends are watching. Your family is watching. I love that quote that Mother Teresa said, if you wanna change the world, go home and love your family. And you're doing that. Yesterday was an incredible example of the love of God being manifest in your life towards other people. Trisha said it, don't stop. If you wanna change your workplace, bring Jesus with you. Come on, somebody. Pastor, you don't know who I work with. They're knuckleheads. Point at them. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. (laughs) Introduce them to Jesus. But I can't talk about Jesus. If you have to talk about Jesus for somebody to know you're a Christian, you're doing it wrong. They need to see that light in you, Judd, and be attracted to that. And then you can tell them about Jesus. Amen? And that's how the world changes. That's how the early church grew. They loved their community. They loved each other. Jesus said, people will know you're my disciples by how you treat each other, how you love one another. And if you can't get along as a church, you sure can't change your community. But we can get along. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love you. Come on, go ahead. Yeah. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I'm thinking about it. Go ahead. Come on now. Come on. Boy, you are mean. (laughs) Listen to me. I want y'all to hear these words. People are watching everything you do. Listening Listening to your words, but mostly watching your life. Why? Because talk is cheap. But a lifestyle speaks volumes. Yesterday, watching these guys, watching you guys, watching y'all, and, and Trish knows the truth. I'm walking around yesterday, happy, happy, happy. But the reason I was happy is because I was watching you just be his hands and feet. And I literally said on the way home, I, I looked at Trish and I said, these are the greatest people in the world. And I meant it, because you guys are awesome. And you're easy to love. Even Dennis is easy to love. You don't know how hard that is for me, right, Christy? That's hard. (laughs) But the truth is, y'all are. And people see that. You know, yesterday I heard more people come up to me and say, we need to come to this church. I'm like, this is just how we are. This is just who we are. We're not trying to be anything. We're just trying to love God and love each other. Amen? Well, here's a decision I want you to make today. Here's a decision. 
I want you to take a stand in your life and say, it's for me and my house. Marty, can I walk down here? Will this mess it up? I can't stand it. I got to get down here. We've got to get to the place where we say, I can't control what happened yesterday, but today I'm going to make a stand. As for my house, we're serving God. And you're going to love your kids. And by the way, community of faith, we're going to love these kids. We're going to teach them how to do that by our example. Right? And we're going to raise a generation that's going to change the world. And it's going to be their change it, not because they're griping and complaining. Because they're going to share God's love in practical ways. And people are going to be attracted to that. Amen. That's how it works. So have you made that stand in your life? Have you said, as for me and my house, we're serving God. That's it. Amen. One of the things I love about Ronnie, when I see Ronnie, RC, he and I do that. It's a Texas thing. I don't even know what it means. But it means that's it. That's it. I'm making a stand. Now remember, I'm from Texas. We have an Alamo. Didn't work out as well as we thought. But isn't it funny how in life we have those times that we make a stand, but even that changes the world? And when your life, when you get to that place where you say, you know what? I'm going to stand up and people go, well, if Aaron can do it, maybe that can reach my family. If Andrew can do it, maybe I can reach my family. Right? And then people will follow. Amen? Amen. You guys are awesome. Just say yes. Just say yes. Let's all stand this morning. Trisha read that scripture about how the Lord's looking for somebody that's just willing to say yes. And you say, well, God, what if you send me somewhere? What, if, what he's going to ask you to do is love the people around you. That's what he's going to ask you to do. You're already on mission. You just don't know it. Open your eyes. Fields are ripe with harvest right where you are. Just say yes to him and allow him to love people through you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. You know our hearts, Lord. You know everything about us. And Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, that you would speak to us. And Lord, that we would make that decision, that we would say yes to you, that we would stand for you, that we would choose to love you and those around us. Guys, if you mean that today, I want you to just pray with me for a moment. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for loving me. Today, I make a decision to stand for you. God, I choose to love my neighbor as myself. Father, I choose to love my family as myself. In Jesus' name, amen.
I'm going to speak a blessing over you, so I want you to grab your neighbor's hand. Because we're a family, right? We're family. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. We are family. I got all my brothers and sisters with me. Hi. Don't record that, Marty. Erase that, please. (laughs) But we are. We're family. We stand together. Father, thank you for these amazing people, the most amazing people in the world. Lord, I pray you'd bless them. Father, as we leave this place, we would be your hands and feet, that we would shine like stars wherever we go, and that we would point people to you. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' holy and blessed name, and all of God's amazing people said, amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Y'all have a great week. I worship you. I worship you.